Thank you. Um, good to see you all. Um, yeah, I'm going to be talking today, um, sort of part of this series about how Jesus encounters and changes people. Um, so we're at the point, sort of, close to when Jesus dies. Um, but we're going to be talking about uh, a time when uh, one of Jesus' closest friends and followers um, denies and betrays him. And then we're going to look at sort of how Jesus um, encounters and changes Peter through that. Um, just as we start, we've just got a couple of minutes of video. Want to play? If that's all right. Thanks. Not so good. Dagwit. There has been an attack. This man, Ulysses Claw, stole a quarter ton of vibranium from us and triggered a bomb at the border to escape. Many lives were lost. He knew where we hid the vibranium and how to strike. He had someone on the inside. Why are you here? Because I want you to look me in the eyes and tell me why you betrayed Wakanda. I did no such thing. Zuri! Son of Bado. What? James. James, you lied to me. Leave I him. Do betray Wakanda. How could you lie to me like... Down. Did you think that you were the only spy we sent here? I observed for as long as I could. Their leaders have been assassinated. Communities flooded with drugs and weapons. They are overly policed and incarcerated. All over the planet, our people suffer because they don't have the tools to fight back. With vibranium weapons, they could overthrow every country and Wakanda could rule them all the right way. You return home at once, where you will face the council and inform them of your crime. Thank you. Um, so that's the clip from Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever. Um, it just shows that betrayal is such a major theme in so many of the films that we love. Um, there's the double crossing, there's the friend who isn't who he says he is, there's the, the person stealing from his, his homeland um, for his own purposes. And that kind of, yeah, that double crossing, that sense of, is this person who they say they are? Um, people having different agendas is such a major theme of the movies. And it's just, it's just really enjoyable to watch. You're just wondering, um, makes you think, what's the storyline going to be? Am I, can I guess like, who the person really is? Um, but unfortunately, it's not quite as fun when you experience that um, in real life. Um, I experienced that a little bit when I was younger. Um, so I moved around schools quite a lot when I was younger. And um, yeah, I kind of managed quite well with that through primary school and middle school. Um, but when it came to high school, I really struggled to settle. Um, and there was an idea put in place for me to go to a, a high school where some of my old friends from a previous middle school went. Um, so I was put in the class with this, this girl called Jenny, um, and she was told to kind of look after me, try and help that process of being part of this new school. Um, and that worked for a little while. It went quite well. She was nice to me. She introduced me to people. Um, 
But then she changed um, because she'd met other friends like since knowing me, and with her other friends, she then like, bullied me for the rest of the time that I was several years that I was at high school, um, and it just had a really you know, it had a big impact on me, um, my health, my ability to get through school. Um, but most of all, it was just that sense of somebody who should have been protecting me, someone who should have been my friend, um, turned against me. And she kind of used what uh, she knew about me to, to hurt me. Um, and that's just the pain, of, the pain of betrayal. And I also think, sometimes now I think, what would I say to her if I could? I've never met her since. But if I if I did, I'd like to, you know, at least like to her to know what an impact uh, her betrayal had on me. Because um, even now, it's still in the back of my mind. Even if I know that people are who they say they are, um, something in my subconscious tells me it's, you know, it's hard to trust. And there's a lot of uh, stories of that in um, our world at the moment. We hear sort of high-profile stories um, on the news like members of the police who are um, not who they say they are. They use their status to harm people instead of protect. Um, but sometimes it's just a bit closer to home. Like we hear about friends talking behind people's backs, uh, cheating partners, um, people being sold out by people from their own culture, their own family. Like it happens a lot. Um, I've got a couple of images up here that represent um, betrayal. Uh, I just think they're really, they're really useful in getting an idea of the sort of the pain of it. Um, the dove, it's like somebody coming in peace and then unleashing a right hook on you. Somebody doesn't look like they say they are. And then the uh, the one of the heart, I sort of think of that um, gold sash around it as like that's the trust. And then the dagger, that's the sort of violent pain when that love and that trust is broken. Um, and we all know that any, any abuse, any bullying is hard to take, but when it's someone who you've opened your heart or your life up to, um, it just adds another level, another level of pain. And I'm sure that most of us, you can't get very far in your life without having experienced something about that. Um, and maybe today your, your feelings about it are quite raw. Maybe it's something you've been through recently. Um, or maybe it's something that you've just got at the back of your mind. Maybe it's a place you don't go to, something that happened in the past. Um, and we know that betrayal can affect us in a lot of ways. Um, Tennessee, Willi Tennessee Williams says, we have to distrust each other. It's our only defense against betrayal. Um, not an optimistic view, um, but I do kind of get where he's coming from. Uh, and fear and shame are also really natural responses. Um, I really like this quote by Katie Lee. She's an American chef and author. She says, betrayal is one of my biggest fears. Um, betrayal can happen on many different levels all the time. And there's no worse feeling than realizing someone that you thought you could trust has gone against you. So we can see that the effects of betrayal can be powerful and they can be long-lasting. But today we want to look at um, we want to look at the life of Jesus and we want to see how he responds um, to someone who betrays him. Um, and we don't have to look very far to see that. Like, we know it happened to Jesus a couple of times. Um, probably the most famous is, is Judas, who betrayed him before he was arrested. Um, but today we're going to look at um, 
when Peter denies and betrays Jesus after Jesus' arrest by the chief priests and the Pharisees. Um, I think, Graham, are you okay to come up and read the first scripture? That would be great. It's Luke 22, verse 54 to 62. Um, Then seizing him, they led him away and took him to the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said this man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You are also one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you are talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Thanks, Graham. Um, yeah, so Peter really vehemently denies that he knows Jesus three times. Um, and Jesus turns and looks right at him. Um, I think we probably think sometimes about what Peter must have felt at that point. Um, but also think about how Jesus felt. Like he'd just seen one of his closest and most loyal followers um, turn against him and deny him at his, the moment of his greatest need. Um, and the truth is that Peter's not the one that you expect to be standing there. Um, he's quite an unlikely betrayer. Um, he's actually someone who was a close follower of Jesus and he showed moments of, of really great courage and really great faith. Um, but Jesus had actually already predicted that Peter was going to deny him. Um, but Peter hadn't accepted it and he'd said, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. And he also said, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Um, so I think it's just good to have a quick think about how did Peter see himself before he denied Jesus? I don't know if anyone's got any sort of ideas, things you've read about Peter, the sort of man he was. How do you think he felt about himself or his relationship with Jesus? Are there any words that come to mind, how he thought about himself? Sorry? He did. You can see that in the way he stepped out different times, like the walking on water. Yeah. Yeah, definitely secure in in his relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. He would have seen himself as one of those sort of loyal, loyal few. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was... He was very zealous. He was very all in, wasn't he? Yeah. And then how do you think he felt that moment when Jesus looked at him after he'd betrayed him? Any 
words, yeah, shame, definitely shame. Broken, definitely. Yeah. Just wishing you could go back an hour or so and, and do that do that again. Yeah, I know that's really that's really good. Um I just wrote a few words very similar to yours. So before he could have seen himself as loyal, um brave um, and chosen. He's one of the three who Jesus often chose to take with him. Um, and he saw Jesus transfigured, saw Jesus' glory before him. Um, but afterwards, failure is a possibility. Do this. Um, from going from being an insider to an outsider. <laughs> and a betrayer or a denier. Yeah, and there are many other things he must have felt about himself, his own weakness. Um, and I guess that image of Jesus looking at him and seeing him as all of these negative things must have been etched on his mind. Um, he must have, at that moment, realized that he wasn't who he thought he was. This image in his mind was, was broken and he saw himself differently. Um, it's just good to take a moment think, how would we feel in that moment? What would we think about ourselves the thing is, Peter must have thought that the moment when he actually could encounter Jesus wasn't going to come. Um, Jesus, he saw the man that he just denied, um, betrayed, killed on a cross, buried. Um, but thankfully, we know that's not the end of the story, and we do actually get to see um, that Jesus rises again, and uh, Peter and Jesus do get that moment of encounter. Um, so this is when Jesus has been raised. It's his resurrected body. Um, he goes to see the disciples at the shore of Galilee. Um, just before we read it, um, a little bit of context, that this story follows a very similar script to the one where um, Peter actually originally follows Jesus. So there's the... Um, you can read about it in Luke 5 um, if you want to go back later. But the, uh, the disciples are fishing. They catch nothing Jesus tells them to cast their nets on the other side. They get a miraculous catch of fish. Um, and then uh, Jesus calls them to the shore and cooks them breakfast. And then um, this happens. Um, so if, Robin, if you're okay, if you could just read the next bit. Um, this is the account of uh, Jesus and Peter talking on the shore of uh, Galilee, um, John 21. Thank you. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. 
Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Thanks. I just want to look in a little bit more detail about that encounter. Um, Just through looking at how Jesus did um, treat this person who betrayed him and how he didn't. Um, So the first thing that Jesus didn't do was he didn't expect Peter to come to him or send a message out and ask him to to meet him somewhere or wait till Peter had the courage um, to find him. Um, Jesus went to the place where Peter was, um, but he also didn't sort of crowd him. He gave him a chance to come to him. He um, ate with him and he entered into dialogue with him. Uh, Jesus didn't publicly humiliate Peter. Um, He didn't single him out and condemn him. Um, He actually speaks to Peter. We don't know who's there uh, at the time, but probably assume that it was a reasonably private conversation. But it would have been in the sight of the other disciples, so they would have known um, that Jesus had accepted Peter and that they should too. Uh, Jesus doesn't ask for any apology or tell Peter the impact that his mistake has had on him. Uh, He doesn't even mention the event directly. Um, He doesn't point out Peter's past failures or boasting. Um, He actually just speaks into into Peter's future ministry and purpose. Um, He doesn't demand this act of loyalty to kind of make up for what he did. Um, He actually tells Peter, you will be loyal to me. The thing that you said you'd do to die for me, you actually will do this. Um, And he didn't change the way he acted towards him or disqualify him at all. Um, He brought Peter back, straight back into relationship and purpose. Um, I love that the last bit of that passage, it just says, follow me. Exactly the same thing that he'd said to him when he first um, had first uh, met Jesus and become his disciple. Um, it's also really interesting just to, to look at the, the way Jesus phrases the, um, the questions and how Peter responds. Um, it, it's not like Pe- uh, Jesus is giving Peter this big test. Um, when Jesus asks the first question, um, that the, the word for love that he uses in the Greek means that he's asking something like to Peter... Um, do you unconditionally, sacrificially love me more than these? Um, We don't know who the these are, but we could say that possibly the these are the disciples. So that's quite a tough question. Um, But the second question, he downgrades it slightly. He doesn't say more than these. He just says, do you sacrificially, unconditionally love me? And then the third time, he says, he sort of downgrades it even more. And the word he uses for love It's more like affection or loyalty. So he's saying, do you regard me affectionately or have loyalty to me? Um, And the interesting thing is that Peter's response is the same each time. He uses the same word for love. So his response kind of matches the third question. He says, Lord, you know that I regard you affectionately and have loyalty to you. Um, So it seems like Peter's days of boasting about his sacrificial love, um, his ability to die for Jesus... Um, how much he loves Jesus more than the other disciples um, is over. His response is the same each time. It's measured, um, it's heartfelt, it's humble, and it's honest. Um, He's not trying to prove anything. He actually says, Lord, you know the love that I have for you. I don't have to tell you, you know. Um, And Jesus seems to accept that humility and honesty. 
Um, yeah, and in the story we see this reenactment of those two crucial moments in Jesus' life. So there's a time when um, Jesus first called Peter, and then there's the time he denies him, the three times Jesus questions him, and it mirrors the three times that Peter denied him. So it's like Jesus is bringing everything together into this one encounter, um, and then he's sending him off a, a changed man into his future. Um, yeah, he's a changed man who seems to humbly understand his own weaknesses and who he is, um, but he also understands that he's not defined by his mistakes. Um, and it's the same for us. The Bible tells us that um, when we receive, before we receive Jesus as our salvation, like we have this status of sinners, um, separated from God in darkness. But when we receive his salvation, it's like this amazing transformation in our identity takes place. We're turned into new creations. Um, we become the righteousness of God in Christ. We become saints, free from sin, reconciled to God. Um, Jesus takes our old identity and he transforms us into something new. Um, and if you think of it like a, uh, a caterpillar turning into a butterfly, um, it can never go back. Once that transformation has happened, it's fixed, it's secure. But the Bible does tell us that even in our new identity, we can still choose to live the way we used to. So it's still possible to sin or to be a slave to addiction make mistakes, to betray God, to betray people. Because it's like our minds and our hearts haven't quite um, caught up with who we are in Christ yet. But the good news is that we are never defined by those actions. Um, and the more we understand who we are uh, as new creations in Christ, the more we will live up to that. Um, the more we understand that God's view of us doesn't change, no matter how many times we get things wrong, we'll start to live that, um, because that's the life that God wants for us. Uh, lives of obedience and fruitfulness, like they're better for us, and freedom. But also, they glorify God. It's what he wants for us. But that's how we deal with our mistakes and our betrayals. We look back at Jesus and we say, you... You are the one who tells me who I am. This is who I am, and I'm going to live up to and live into the truth of who I am. And going back to the butterfly, um, the butterfly can crawl along the ground all the days of its life. It can act like a caterpillar, but it never will be. Its, its identity has changed forever. I've just put a couple of uh, sums up here about the way we might view or see our own lives. I think a lot of us live like the first sum is true. So what I've done in my life plus what's been done to me equals who I am. It tends to be what life, life tells us and what we can believe. But I do believe there's a second sum that the Bible tells us is more true about us. It says that who Jesus is, like his righteousness, his perfection, his goodness, says that he credits it to us. So it's like Jesus puts all that he is into our bank account without us having to earn anything. Uh, and then he forgives us, he saves us, he delivers us, loves us, heals us, frees us. Um, what if that's who we are? Not the first one, but the second one. It's not saying that the things that happen to us don't affect us. They do. But the more we renew our minds and live in the second 
the second sum, knowing that's who we are, the more our feelings and the more our actions will follow that. So maybe today you need an encounter with Jesus. You need to hear him speak to you. Uh, It could be as a sinner uh, who needs forgiveness. Maybe like when Peter first followed Jesus, he fell on his knees and he said, yeah, I'm a sinner. But then Jesus said, follow me. But maybe it's that you're already a disciple or a follower like Peter. But you know that you've done something that you're not proud of and it's given you a label like one of these. Betrayal isn't, it's not all of the big things all the time. It's sometimes, sometimes it's the things we don't do. It's the, uh, the times when we don't stand up for something or someone or the times that we have opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus and what he's done for us, but we don't take it. Uh, and I know that that is me very often, every week. feels like every day sometimes. Um, but whatever our mistakes, we know that we are forgiven and restored and that Jesus' restoration is perfect. And it's always personal to us. Uh, just put Psalm 130 up here. It says, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for in him is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. There are times when it is good to try and make a bit of restoration for our mistakes, but it has to come first from going to Jesus, finding our full redemption in him. And if you have trouble believing that you're forgiven, uh, you might want to take a verse like the one we've got here in Romans 4. It says, Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered, and blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against him. You could, you could maybe write it somewhere, uh, personalize it. You could say, I am blessed because my transgressions are forgiven, my sins are covered, and the Lord will never count my sin against me. Uh, if you say that, maybe morning and evening uh, for the next few weeks or until you start to believe it or find another similar scripture. But as we do that, um, I believe that the, yeah, the wrong labels that we've put on ourselves kind of get peeled off gradually um, and we allow these these things, the truth about actually what Jesus says about us um, to be the truth of our lives. Uh, or maybe uh, you're struggling today because you feel like you've been betrayed. Um, Jesus wants to meet you there because he knows how you feel. Um, but he's also, he's not the same as your betrayer. He's um, He's faithful and he's true. And the Bible says he's not a man that he should lie. Um, And he enables us to forgive because we uh, know that we're forgiven. As he forgives our betrayals, we can forgive others, theirs. But if it's something you find find difficult or challenging, like we all all do, um, it'd be great if you could find someone in your discipleship triplet, mission group. We also have a pastoral team. We can put you in touch with somebody if you want to walk through what it means to forgive. Uh, Yeah, and just as I'm closing, if the bands want to come up, that would be great. It's interesting to think about the impact on Peter's future. Uh, He becomes a really fearless witness of Christ. Um, As he's filled with the Holy Spirit, he he goes out and becomes this kind of uh, foundation of the early church. But we don't hear he gets everything right from then on, but we do 
We don't hear about him betraying Jesus again. He does actually pay the, we believe he pays the ultimate cost of giving his life as a martyr for Jesus. We don't hear him boasting about that either. When you read a lot of what Peter writes later, he says things about, about humility and about grace. And I just believe that's what Jesus wants to do for us. He wants to give us the strength to be faithful to him. Uh, this final scripture, 1 John 4, says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love, but we love because he first loved us. Um, I just think when we know Jesus' perfect love, fear is driven out and we have the strength to be faithful to him. Uh, but it's not about finding that love within ourselves, it's about receiving his love first. Um, and I really believe that the best prayers we can be praying are, Lord, you can and you will, and you have promised, not I can, or not my love is so great, or I promise, but that he can. Um, his love is so powerful to transform us. So as I end that, we just, um, let me just pray for us as we go in this time, into this time of response. Yeah, so thank you, Jesus, that you first loved us. Um, thank you that you fully redeem and forgive us. Thank you that you meet us personally. Um, and thank you that you know the pain of betrayal that we've suffered, Lord, and you give us the strength to forgive those who betray us. Yeah, Lord, I pray that you'll open our hearts now, Lord, to hear what you're saying, Lord, to hear the words you're saying over us and our futures. Lord, that we take off the old labels that are not what you say, Lord, and we put on these new labels of the truth of who we are in Christ. Lord, help us to see ourselves as you see us so we can fully live um, in what that means. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Amen.